It is indeed a pleasure to have this privilege to play here for you. We, we intend to give you a very fine program, so just settle back, relax, and enjoy the moment. 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 Welcome back to a special edition of Mic'd Up on OM Radio. This is your daily COVID-19 news update for Low Country listeners. I'm your host, Mika Gadsden. Today's date, it's Wednesday, April 22nd. Time of this recording, it's currently 5.40 a.m. And as I was checking the headlines this morning, it's apparent that all eyes are on South Carolina and other Southern states that are reopening their economy and public spaces. But take a listen to all of this coverage regarding South Carolina. So Georgia, South Carolina, and Tennessee are starting to reopen non-essential morning, businesses. Despite the widening pandemic, parts of the country are making plans to get back to work. In South Carolina, some retail businesses now open. Well, while North social- Carolina is still planning on how to safely reopen, South Carolina already taking the first steps, letting some stores open back up for business. After weeks of locked doors and lights off, they're once again trying to see some signs. I think it's safe to assume that the current plans to uh, reopen our state's economy and public spaces is part of a coordinated regional effort, much like what we've seen in the Northeast um, and also on the West Coast with states like uh, Washington, California, uh, and then over on the East Coast, New York. Connecticut and and so on and so forth. We're seeing governors come together and come up with a plan uh, to reopen and to to just resume normalcy, so to speak. And so, um, and I know that Governor McMaster has alluded to to that in his uh, press conferences. So we see that coordinated effort. However, it's just it's it's unusual given the fact that we haven't seen the uh, the declines we needed, the um, decrease in total cases reported from DHEC. We haven't seen that 14-day drop. Uh, and so it's concerning that we're accelerating plans to, to reopen, right? And uh, recently, the New York Times wrote about South Carolina's plans to reopen. And I mentioned that on a previous update show, um, they published a story on the 20th. Well, they happened to publish a follow-up story. And it shows that, it, the reporting shows that um, South Carolina and these southern states are kind of like the canary in the coal mine, so to speak. And I hate to use that analogy because I don't want to um, I don't want to characterize people as as guinea pigs or, or test objects. But um, it seems as if um, this region is willing to perhaps uh, be an example for other regions. Let's just say it like that. So um, the New York Times wrote a story about these southern states reopening. Um, they wrote at length about Georgia and other states. Here's a little blurb or at least a, a paragraph about South Carolina. In South Carolina, Governor Henry McMaster led the pack, relaxing measures and allowing some stores to resume business for the first time on Tuesday. But streets were mostly empty in downtown Charleston and public beaches also reopened to trickling crowds. Um, that's a little bit. So you could. So what I read from that that piece is that South Carolina and these other southern states are, you know, kind of just dipping their toe in the water and seeing what happens. Um, it's 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 a little unfortunate if I if I may add my own my own opinion. It's a little unfortunate. Um, but what is reassuring is, um, again, and I said this in previous shows, seeing local municipalities, you know, act on in the best interest of um, their constituency. And in the the public, you know, act in the best interest of the public 
um, you know, all together. So it's great to see places like the Isle of Palms um, take its time reopening. Uh, they issued, I don't know if it's an ordinance or a law or a policy, but it's called keep it moving. <laughs> so while um, they've reopened the beaches to residents, um, they're encouraging residents not to congregate, not to stay, you know, not to sunbathe or, um, you know, sit in chairs. But but take a listen to this coverage from WCBD Channel News 2 here in Charleston. They'll explain it to you a little bit better than I am. Isle Palm City Council held an emergency meeting where they decided only IOP residents can access beaches. And even then, they will only be allowed to use the beach for exercise or recreational purposes. No sunbathing or tanning, sitting in chairs, or gathering in groups will be allowed under the city's keep it moving policy. Isle Palm's resident PJ Cartarelli believes it's good for those who can get outside to take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, the Post and Couriers, uh, Fleming Smith, wrote a story that's in today's paper. Um, it's as the headline reads, uh, proceeding with caution. And it's uh, her reporting on the the city of Charleston's mayor, Mayor Tecklenburg, his plan to reopen, but with with caution, right? Um, shout out to Fleming Smith and also to the homie uh, Gavin McIntyre, because there are some great images in that story. If you can uh, read it digitally or uh, pick up a paper at your, you know, if you can get out, if you do get out. But uh, there's some interesting pictures that show you what Charleston looks like, show you where, what uh, areas like uh, Upper King and retailers like the Pottery Barn, um, how they've boarded up their their stores. And, you know, so you're seeing what business looks like on King Street. If you travel through King Street, um, if you do make it out for whatever reason, you'll see it's, it is somewhat desolate, very quiet. Um, foot traffic has slowed up. So I haven't, I didn't go out yesterday. I didn't venture out yesterday. Um, but I'd be, I'm curious to see what it looks like as these restrictions lift. But the story, uh, getting back to Fleming's story, um, she outlines the city of Charleston, uh, the mayor of Charleston, uh, John Tecklenburg, his plans to um, reopen with caution. Places like the market, which is an open air market, that's not going to open up quite quite right away, right? You know, you want to be very safe before you invite crowds and crowds of folks, scores of visitors to just go ahead and, and go back to the market and uh, shop like as if business as usual. So it was reassuring to, to hear the mayor and also uh, police chief Reynolds uh, come in, come on the mic yesterday during a press conference and tell folks, you know, hey, we're, we're, we're going to, you know, listen to what the governor's saying, but we're going to have to tailor this reopening to meet the needs and concerns um, of Charlestonians. And what was also reassuring to hear from Mayor Tecklenburg was he uh, emphasized how important testing is. And, and that's a huge concern. There hasn't been enough testing. Um, the growth was, you know, was a concern. Again, we have not seen that steady decline in numbers. Uh, that's something that was that was a, a that was criteria set by the federal government. So we haven't seen that that steady 14 day decline in numbers. So it was good to hear Mayor Tecklenburg speak to that as well. And speaking of numbers, here's the most recent report from DHEC. Take a listen. DHEC is now reporting 172 new cases of the coronavirus in our state, bringing the total number of cases to 4,608. There were 11 more deaths since the governor's press conference yesterday announcing the opening of businesses again. The state is now reporting 135 deaths due to COVID-19. DHEC describes the patients who died as elderly with no indication of underlying health conditions. 
The majority of the new cases were in Richland, Greenville, and Florence counties. Richland County has the highest number of COVID-19 cases in the state. DHEC adds that as of yesterday, 72% of individuals have recovered from the illness and 28% remain sick. So those are the most recent health numbers from DHEC. It gives you a better picture as to where we currently stand as a state. And I love the way WLTX drilled down the county numbers so you see where the hot spots are. But it does um, paint a bigger picture for us as a, as a collective. Uh, so those are the health numbers. Some other important news that broke yesterday was um, regarding the stimulus package that was passed. And it's on its way to the House. So take a listen to this clip from PBS NewsHour. Senate will come to order. On Capitol Hill, a renewed effort today to mitigate the economic pain of the COVID-19 pandemic. This is even more money than we had first requested a while back. The depth of the crisis we now face meant that funding for certain programs in this bill had already been depleted. The Senate passed a nearly $500 billion relief package, including funds for hospitals, testing, and new money to boost a small business lending program that's now dried up. Negotiations had stalled over how to ensure the money goes where it's most needed. An Associated Press analysis found at least 75 big companies, all publicly traded, had received a combined $300 million in low-interest loans through the initial program rollout, frustrating small business owners like Zachary Davis. A company that's doing tens of millions or hundreds of millions a year in revenue um, is going to be first in line with a big bank when it comes time to apply for one of these things. Davis said guy, he scrambled to apply for funds for his Santa Cruz, California ice cream shop, but was shut out. Right, let's break this down right away, Judy. Here's a look at what's in this. First of all, $320 billion to extend the Paycheck Protection Program. That's basically to keep small businesses able to keep their employees on for another eight weeks. There's $60 billion in addition to that for small businesses for what's called economic disaster loans. That money had also run out. $75 billion for hospitals and other health care providers. And then $25 billion for testing. Some of that is going to the National Institutes of Health, um, and some of that could go, much of that is also going to states and cities. So there you heard me uh, merge together two clips from the same reporting segment from PBS NewsHour regarding the, the new stimulus package uh, that just made its way uh, from the Senate and is headed now to the House. And um, I wanted to include that second half from uh, Lisa Desjardins regarding what's in the bill. Um, we know here locally, we I've seen the reporting from WCBD, um, from Live 5 News, and countless other outlets. Um, uh, they, they spoke to local retailers, local business owners, small business owners who were shut out of the process. I, I had a friend um, and I spoke with him uh, yesterday and, and this weekend about how, you know, he tried to uh, to get in line for one of the loans from the first or from the previous uh, stimulus package and was summarily um, shut out. So it's great to hear that there have been more provisions put in place to make sure that small businesses and smaller banks um, have access to these funds and can, you know, we can we can support smaller businesses here um, on the ground in South Carolina. So I wanted to include both of those clips so you understand, um, you know, what went into the bill and then also um, what's really in it, nuts and bolts wise. So shout out to PBS NewsHour. I'm going to go ahead and uh, wrap up the update show here. I hope you found the information included in today's update helpful. 
useful. Um, I hope it helps you navigate your day and your week. Uh, So until next time, folks, please make sure you're practicing social distancing. Continue to wash those hands. Keep them sanitized. Keep them gloved up. Keep that face masked up. (laughs) Um, But yeah, stay, stay healthy. Stay happy. Stay home if you can. And to all my Gullah Geechee folk out there, y'all, y'all stay black.